friends and listeners. Welcome back to Party XP, our gaming, media, movie, enjoyment podcast. It's been a little while here, and I'm back here with Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. We're going to go ahead and get to another game here. But first off, how are you doing, Jeff? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, it's uh, another typical weekend day here. Got to see my parents, you know, real chill day. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. A little bit tired. A friend had a barbecue yesterday for his birthday uh, last week, and, you know, had a little bit of fun, you know, a lot of food, a couple drinks, uh, singing and scream, eh, screaming our <laughs> heads off to <laughs> songs and jams of the uh, late 90s, uh, mid 2000s kind of jams. That was a good time. I really I enjoyed myself. It's been a been a while since I've gotten like out and about and actually did some stuff with friends and been social. Yeah, no, now that, you know, things are kind of getting back to somewhat quote unquote normal, it, it'll be nice to see people in person again yeah and uh and also just because of my schedule you know the the, the whole uh oh yeah internal thing is always like if we're gonna do something you have to let me know like a week in advance so that or at least like yeah at least a week in advance so that way i can prepare myself mentally for losing you know losing sleep one of these days so we can hang out and be you know and act like a normal human right yeah i'm basically a vampire i'm i'm, I'm morbius i'm basically morbius now <laughs> Hopefully with better box office performance. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> if you didn't know, um, you know, Wong was in Morbius. That's, that's the whole deal. That's, that's, that's uh. my role in him, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be funny to anybody that doesn't know you personally because you're not a public figure. No, true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, short explanation. I am a large Asian man. <laughs> there you go. There we go. And that's, that's basically it. And then we were making jokes about vampires. Morbius. Bam. Done. Comedic genius. You win. Now applause. We'll give him a second to stop clapping. Yes, yeah, I know. It's just the insanity of the excitement of me being world-renowned <laughs> actor. <laughs> Correct. Okay, before we actually get into our pitch, stuff got shown off today, right, Jeff? I, I, I again, I was knocked out all day um, because obviously party yesterday, and then I was up all night and I slept all day. Uh, but some Correct. stuff dropped from uh, Microsoft, right? Right. So when we we're recording this today was the day of the Xbox Bethesda summer games sort of uh e3 but not e3 presentation and so we got to see a little bit of what microsoft has coming down the pipeline and a lot of it i was really excited about yeah like i, I saw you mention a couple of them in our group chat and uh you know it seems like everyone's pretty stoked at least of some of the titles because mm -hmm. you know we have uh fans of other games within those titles like the later versions of them um but yeah you mind rattling off a couple of the uh the highlights i guess of the of the uh, Microsoft uh, Bethesda, e, you know, E3 slash not E3 yeah. presentation? Yeah, for sure. So uh, it started off with um, the Vampire Left for Dead game, whatchamacallit, Redfall. And so I unfortunately came in a little late. So the first game that I saw was Forza Motorsport, which is another like Forza game. Like, you don't have to tell me that's going to be good because those games are always great. Yeah, so uh, but we did get to see some Redfall. We got to see some uh, Starfield, the Bethesda Spaceman game. So that looks pretty cool. That's the one that everyone's been waiting for for like forever now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We are also getting Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. So like the ultimate editions of the games uh, available on Xbox and PC. Uh, we're getting more Sea of Thieves content. We're getting sea a... Sea of Thieves, uh, in your mouth got him all right i'm leaving goodbye <laughs> the fuck out of here 
Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Team Ninja is making a uh, Neo-type game called Wolong. So you could put this Wolong in your mouth or whatever. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> And most importantly of all, is we got the fifth and final Diablo character. Oh, probably most important to other people is that Overwatch 2 is going to get a uh, free-to-play multiplayer beta coming soon. And uh, the other cool thing, actually, now that I'm I'm sort of like reading recaps and stuff like that, uh, Riot Games is partnering up with Game Pass. And so if you play games, the the Riot Games, on a Microsoft-affiliated platform, you will get bonus content. So like if you play League and Wild Rift, you get all the champs. If you play Valorant, you get all the agents. And if you play Runeterra, you get the foundation set. And uh, there's something else here for Teamfight Tactics, too. But So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, we got some more Hollow Knight news, uh, a new expansion for Elder Scrolls Online, Ark 2, so the, the dinosaur prehistoric man game that's coming out. Yeah, Ark's a fun game. I, I've, I've dumped a couple hours into Ark, uh, you know, a couple times with some other friends, and it's that is a pretty fun game considering all the weird stuff you can do in it yeah you know it was sort of i i sort of got into it way early into the pre-registration like game preview era and it was it was kind of daunting but any game with dinosaurs and now vin diesel is going to be uh, you know a-okay in my book so that's pretty cool <laughs> um so but most importantly for me the the one thing that had me going nuts and, and there were a few other things that I thought were pretty cool. But the the main thing is that we're getting the fifth character revealed in Diablo 4, the Necromancer. So, unfortunately, I, I'm out of luck when it comes to Demon Hunter. I'm out of luck when it comes to Paladin or Crusader. Uh, the five classes, I believe, are Barbarian, now Necromancer, uh, the Sorceress, and there's two more. Leave it in. Leave it all in. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving in. Leave it in. We're on the fly here. I know. Uh, barbarian, druid, rogue, sorcerer, necromancer are your five classes. So the rogue kind of looks like it's going to uh, take over that demon hunter class. So that might be where I end up going. And that was my main in Diablo 3. Paladin has been my main in basically every fantasy role-playing game since pff, 2007. Hmm. 2006 whenever I, I rolled my first paladin in in vanilla world of warcraft but there's always hope for you know expansions and additional content there but i am i'm really excited for diablo 4 i know blizzard is sort of part of that persona non grata company lately but i think among the things they can do to sort of rebuild their reputation is going to be to put out good games. Diablo Immortal, the scammy free-to-play mobile game, is not the way to do it. But hitting it out of the park with Diablo 4 is going to go a long way in uh, bringing people back onto Blizzard's side, I believe. Activision Blizzard at the moment still has a, bit, has a pretty rough uh, go about it right now. Their reputation's kind of in the shitter at this point still. People are still very upset about the way the company is run and all of the issues uh lying within the company that being said there are people are still supporting the teams that make these games you know what i mean right. like it's not it's not an issue with the people who are clearly like, the developers and the people who are actually you know 
you know, designing stuff within the games and, you know, making and actually making these games come to life. Right. It's the issues of the higher ups and the people in power who are basically just abusing those powers and being bad people. That's basically the issue. Most people, you know, people are are not associating the entire like every game, you know, development team with the. Uh, horrible stories that have continuously come out about, you know, sexual harassment and terms the union for the union. Yeah, the union, the union busting uh, pushes here and stuff like that. So, there's yeah, there's a lot of issues within Activision Blizzard, but people are still supporting the games because they respect the teams that make the games. And, you know, they like the properties that come out from that company. Yeah. Um, so for me, Blizzard, Blizzard was a staple in my life for a very long time. And as time's gone on, I've kind of gotten away from them. But I always have sort of like that fond feeling in my heart. I mean, this is the company that made Warcraft. This is the company that made Diablo. Well, still makes them, I guess. Um, but, you know, th they've always been, they've always had an integral place in my life. And it's tough to see them go through it like this. Uh, but, you know, if you're bad to people, you're going to get what's coming to you. Um, that being said, I'm looking forward to Diablo 4. I'm looking forward to sort of the new era of Activision Blizzard, mostly just Blizzard. I could care two shits about Activision, quite frankly. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Bobby Kotick thrown from the upper floor of Microsoft's headquarters, a la that meme where the guy makes the good point and is chucked out of the window by the uh, executive. Yeah. I am looking forward to watching Phil Spencer do that to Bobby. As much as I would um, like to see him ousted and, you know, defamed and all this other stuff, unfortunately, it seems like there's just too many ways for him to still come out on top, unfortunately, with all the uh, ways that they're trying to get him out of the company, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, another short, a uh, quick short aside here uh, about Diablo uh, Immortal. That's the one for the phone, right? Correct. I actually, uh, I've listened to a couple other shows and heard some pretty interesting things about it. While yes, there are some very, very predatory uh, uh, monetary spending practices going on in that game, from my base understanding of how it actually plays, really well. It actually plays really, really good on the phones, which is like. I, I remember that whole um was that uh, what I don't even know when that showcase was when they they were like you know they they initially introduced uh Diablo Immortal. And I want to say it was last year's showcase. Was it last this year? very same showcase from last year or 2 years ago. It could be one or the other. The one where they did the you all have phones, right? That one. Right. Okay, so obviously the reception was initially very very uh lukewarm to to call it mildly. I would say lukewarm to negative. Yeah, let's yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah, the the reception was pretty not great. Uh but that being said from what I'm hearing from friends who are all very very into Diablo, I I do play a little bit of Diablo. I don't play a whole lot of it. Uh Diablo 3 I played a I think it was a monk. They 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 still have monk in Diablo 3, right? Not in in Diablo 3. Yes, yeah, in they, Diablo 4 um yeah, all I, of your punchy boys are going to be combined into other classes and barbarian stuff. basically. Yeah, so like I I played a little bit of Diablo 3. It was it's fun. Like I, I understand the appeal for Diablo. Uh my brother plays a lot of Diablo. Uh a couple of other people in our friend group play Diablo. I play a lot. You of play Diablo. you play a lot Tim, Gabe. Um Yeah. I played a little bit of it. I understand why it's fun. The issue for me is that I at the time when I was when Diablo 3 came out I was playing Path of Exile, which is another very grindy, you know, 
min max your build kind of game it's basically just like basically like a independent diablo it's pretty well done as well and i was dumping a lot of time into that at the time and so right. i was like I, I don't have time to do this and you know maintain my character in this and play diablo to grind that character up so i, I never really got it too into diablo i played right. a little bit when i played a little bit of the older ones as a kid but it just wasn't like my game at the time because obviously I'm a kid and I want more unga bunga action. I want you know I, I want to get really really into stuff. I don't care about story and the game's very dark and um like aesthetically dark. You know what I mean? Like this, it's yeah. Uh, oh no, yeah, you can't see shit in front of you. So you know, as a kid, not typically my game. When I got a little bit older, I can understand why people play it. I got into a bit of a grind and then I just couldn't maintain that and another grind game at the time. And yeah, so from my understanding, Diablo Mortal is actually pretty good. It actually like uh, kind of from what I've heard, kind of uh, people have related it to uh, League of Legends Wild Rift, where, you know, League of Legends, it's played with the mouse and keyboard and for specific reasons because of uh, the skill shots and stuff like that. And, you know, you want to aim stuff with your mouse while firing your abilities off. They kind of use a system relatively similar to this where you know you press the ability and then you drag your f uh, finger to the direction you want to use the ability towards and apparently it's really tight it plays really really wow. well but the unfortunate part is when you hit that wall you make a choice there you, you go oh i've gotten plenty of enjoyment out of this free mobile game and you know gotten a nice hit of nostalgia and you know a good way to get a, a grind game you, i can get like 20 minutes under my fingers and move about my day right or you can be a whale <laughs> and spend i think the, i saw a video saying you spend uh 100 ngs one guy spent 10 g's on this game and did not get a legendary item yeah which is I, funny as hell i think one of them i think the video i saw it was you know uh, clickbait uh clickbait or whatever fantasization of this the truth of this actually is i think you can spend up to like a hundred ten thousand dollars on the game to hit max level Yep. From like level and, and from to level get one. and to get your uh and to get your legendary items too yeah so uh again uh a lot of these games like anything that involves gotcha or spending to you know in game if there's a pv it's a pve game spend whatever you want i guess that's uh, you know you know if you're playing these games um tread however you would in terms of how much you want to spend on a game you have to acknowledge if you're going to be playing it all the time anyway as long as you don't make it super easy for uh kids to spend money i think that's okay because again right. if you're an adult and you're playing this game it is uh it is your decision to spend money on any game you play you know the, the, oh. the if the, the level of predatory uh you know money uh spending in games is i still see it on kind of like a a slider you know what i mean and as long as it's not too easy for young players who don't actually know what they're doing and don't understand the consequences of just throwing money at a game as long as it's not too easy then i personally don't have too much issue with people spending money in games but also but when it comes to, if there is a pvp aspect to that game and it becomes pay to win uh that is a big no-no for me yeah no that sucks um and luckily in many of the games that i've come across and that I continue to enjoy, especially sort of in this over-the-top action RPG realm, mostly like Diablo and Lost Ark. It's not really pay-to-win for PvP. It's mostly just cosmetics and other cool things that sort of make your life easier. And I know, so I know that's how Diablo Immortal is. Diablo 4 has already been confirmed that there's not going to be any sort of gotcha adding additional 
resources into the game anything that you buy separately is going to be uh simply cosmetic and one of the developers already came out and said that so that was awesome that's good that they made that very clear and again like i'm also cool with i'm cool with cosmetics as long as it doesn't uh particularly interfere with the gameplay other big games here aside from the ones we already mentioned that uh, i should be keeping an eye out for Oh, the other thing that I needed to uh, announce there was uh, Microsoft's doing a game with Hideo Kojima. That's sick. So That's awesome. Yeah. The way that they were describing the person that they were going to do the game with, I was like, oh, my God, they're doing a game with Kojima. And then Kojima pops up and all the serotonin just rushed into my <laughs> brain. And I was so happy. Kind of hoping it's not Death Stranding. Hopefully it's something It's kind of similar to ideally you know i pray to god that it's something similar to metal gear solid 5 but i don't know it, it depends on what he wants to do maybe he's going to bring silent hills back with a you know sort of a different uh ip who knows who knows what it's going to be but it's exciting anytime kojima does something um with good reason it, it's exciting and, and it, people want to watch and people want to see what he's going to do so i'm rooting for him i hope i hope this game does well whatever it may end up being Kojima is kind of one of those beloved uh, people within the gaming world, right? In terms of like storytelling, game development, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And he, is, he clearly has a vision whenever he makes a game. A lot of people appreciate it and, a, a lot, and really like the weird things he does in these games. Even like Death Stranding, which I didn't, per, like, I, didn't, I didn't even play it. I've watched a lot of gameplay of it. I understand people getting pulled into the game who mentioned that they were, didn't think they would be into it. I should probably give that a chance myself and really experience that game for myself. But like, even if I didn't play it myself and I wasn't super interested in it, I still see this like weird game that clearly people like, and it's trying something very different. And it, it's a cool thing for people to just be again, who clearly have a vision, just throwing stuff out there and just say, just give it a shot. You know what I mean? Which again, most people from my understanding, there is a, pretty decent split among people here who did and didn't like it still a lot of people who respect the idea yeah for sure i'm trying to go through his twitter account now to see what he's been watching because he's a big movie guy so i'm trying to see what he's been watching recently to get an idea of what the game might be like i follow him on uh, instagram and it feels so funny because he, he he well he obviously he tweets he uh, posts on instagram in japanese and i i don't right i, I don't read japanese it feels like there's just no context for half the photos he posts on there. Like he'll just post like a picture of a game that he played or a movie that he watched or a character who, a person who's going to be playing a character, a character in this game or someone who he just likes as an actor or something. So I'm like, are they going to be in the game? I don't know. I can't read Japanese, but, and like a lot of times there's also some, there's also no caption in a lot of his posts. So it's kind of like trying to people trying to decipher what Kojima was trying to do all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, is it just big titles going on in the, uh, because like, obviously there's a there's a bunch of big names there you dropped. Is there anything smaller and new coming out? I'm sure, but as we'll, we're going to get into here, I don't. I could care less. I could not care less about a lot of the um, the indie stuff. It's just never really been my. I, I mean, granted, a lot of the stuff I like is it has been independent, but I don't know. Uh, when, when it comes to these showcases, a lot of times uh, it's it's sort of the same beats that these indie games hit, and uh, it just makes me tune out immediately. What kind of beats are you talking about in terms of like indie games? What's what? All right, let's just get into it. Okay, so it, the 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 games that 
immediately sort of turned me off, right? And, and this has been something that you know has been a sticking point for me for a while, but I feel like, especially over the last few years, it has been accelerated uh, m- by by multiple exponents, right? Exponentially. The, this plague upon independent gaming has um, poisoned our well, for the lack of a better term. So generally, what happens is the game starts off, and it's a beautiful blue sky, and the camera pans down, and back when we were younger, it would be a little boy walking in a, a field or another sort of wooded area with some whimsical music behind him, and he would traverse the landscape in front of him, and, and it would be all this whimsy and exploration, and there was 150 games I felt like that looked like that. Uh, as time has gone on, the little boy has been replaced by a girl, um, and now the little girl has been replaced by a little girl of color. And let me be the first to tell you, look, these games obviously aren't made for me and they deserve to be made. Representation is good. Yes, it is. It's awesome. And please don't take my big, stupid, meathead brain concept of gaming as anything other than a personal opinion. Every other sort of game can exist. I'm just tired of seeing them. (laughs) It just sounds like. You are a cis white male. <laughs> and that's fine, because you're right. Because the only things I want to do, you can take all this artsy-fartsy shit and stick it up your ass. I just want to <laughs> rip things' faces off. And uh, we're going to get into that probably after uh, you talk to me about your game that you have for me. Uh, you know, that's what I want to do. Okay. Um, so okay. my, my concept of gaming and these awesome indie developers' concepts of gaming are obviously very different. And... You know, you don't always have to, you don't have to play every game, right? And that's the thing with these showcases that I think a lot of the internet forgets is that this is all a smorgasbord, right? This is all here to show you what's coming and you can pick and choose what you want. For me, seeing a game like here, so like prior, I guess, I don't know if this was prior to the the showcase or like it was just announced sort of during the pregame show or whatever, but there's this game here, Planet of Lana. And, you know, you'll love it. It sounds like, a good, game. It sounds like a good game. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it, it sounds it looks like, look, I mean, there's a lot of shit posts here. And uh, that's funny to me because I love shit posting. But I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably really going to enjoy that game. And I'm not going to be one of them. Yeah, that's because fair. it's just I, I like it's it. just not my thing. And, and you know what? It, that's definitely somebody else's thing. And a lot of that stuff is good for people because. There's nothing more important, like, for me to be able to sell. I, I remember a few years ago just working at GameStop when, you know, I was still working retail and you were able to see Spartan Lock on the cover of Halo 5, right? Yeah. And for us, that's not really a huge deal. But for the predominantly black customer base that we had at the, the store that I worked at, it was kind of a big deal for you know these kids to see a black man on these game covers that that wasn't NBA 2K or you know a sports title it was you know people were actually introducing characters that weren't just guys that looked like me and that's cool man go off i'm just not going to play your kid on a raft frolicking through your land of whimsy and shit <laughs> minimal Get out of here. minimal uh you know string <laughs> you know back uh, background accompaniment you know artsy farty yeah. indie title platformer fucking whatever else man that, that yeah okay that's right 
and uh well for me i'm the opposite i like trying every indie game out there i, I like not every but like, obviously as many as i can i find I, I dig for all these like little uh little gems out there and i i keep my mind open as you said it's like a smorgasbord right there's all these games out right. there and especially indie games there's a lot of indie games that come out and there's a wide range from again like peaceful you know exploration game to story driven stuff and then some indie games that like enter the gungeon which is all action no story just roguelike play die repeat action 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 uh, i've got a game here for you which is uh indie game so that's our whole thing today uh as <laughs> and uh it is a game called katana zero so this is an okay indie game. now you got me now you got me see because it's katana yeah <laughs> so there's ninjas or samurai <laughs> something yeah so katana zero is a game that came out in 2019 it is a hack and slash platforming game developed by justin stander and published by devolver digital you know devolver digital the company that pushes out all the indie games that pop off basically or a majority of them that pop off it's them so they, they you know they, they don't miss they don't miss Justin Stander has uh, developed a couple of other freeware games, like a Tower of Heaven. Uh, you've probably seen that one on online. Like it's a, it's a really cute platforming game, with that it creates rules as you jump around, basically, on like climbing the tower, and uh, Pause Ahead, which is I, I have that one in my library, I think as well. Fun game. So this game started uh, development in 2013, uh, released on uh, Mac, Windows, and Switch. Switch came out same time as Windows and Mac on april 18 uh 2019 and october 14 2020 for xbox the reason why i'm pushing the whole switch thing is because usually nintendo or games that come out on uh, the nintendo switch come out a little bit later because they have to go through the checks and balances of nintendo's system here and they usually get a little bit of a delayed posting here but the switch is also a big indie vehicle for a lot you know what i mean they, they, they move a lot of indie games it's kind of like the indie machine for a lot of people uh, with this one, so as I said before, uh, it's a hack and slash platforming game. You are an amnesiac war veteran who can predict the future, who assassinates drug dealers f for his psychiatrist. See, if the games were like this, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with them. I mean, you could give me a little girl on a raft as long as I'm murdering drug dealers. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Enough with these adventures. Enough of coming of age, man. Enough of the whimsy, bro. Just give me this. I'm going to find you a couple of these, like, you know, platforming indie games you know whimsical indie games and i'm sure i'll find one that's that you'll like and we'll we'll get we'll we'll i'll find something for you uh let's see so yeah this game oh man this game rules so hard so this game is uh pretty hard uh not like extremely extremely like brutally difficult but it can be a bit difficult there are there are moments in this game uh, in this game <clears throat> to quote uh stander uh like this instant death Super difficult, very forgiving game where you always feel like it's your fault, not the game's fault. So you want to try one more time because you know what you did wrong. That is a quote from the uh, from the developer, and an explanation, a short, a quick explanation for that is because it's a platform game. You run around, you jump off walls, you slash your katana to kill people. You can slow down time with like a bullet time kind of mechanic, and uh, you make the run, uh, and then you watch it play back. Like, so you essentially think of it as like a Mega Man like section where you have to kill all the enemies on the screen first before you can move. It's kind of like Got that. It. You have to kill everything. But if you die, you just start from, you just start that one quick from the beginning again and you do it again until you kill everything. And then your character says something like, that's it or I've got it. And then basically you can watch it play back almost like a cassette 
You know what I mean? And you basically watch your character running around, jumping off walls, murdering everybody, and then you progress to the next section. Uh, yeah, a- I'm I'm looking at the Steam page right now. This this game rules ass. I cannot wait to play this. And and it has the difficulty. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it has the difficulty that I appreciate. Where it's not just bullshit. It's actually difficult and well made. And it's not just oh, all enemies are bullet sponges. All enemies are have broken mechanics. It's just they're well designed and. Like you said, when you die, it's your fault, not just random bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big thing that I've uh, noticed in the last couple of years because I play a lot of uh, indie and roguelike titles. I mean, you know, we, we've already mentioned before how you have some issues with some roguelikes being difficult for the sake of being difficult and not being fair. Um, and even like non-indie titles, right? Like um, n- like Ninja Gaiden is noto- notorious for this on the NES, right? Where right. Uh, I forgot exactly which level, like like level five or level six, where they have uh, space ninjas or like jetpack ninjas just firing at you throughout the level, making it essentially a bullet hell while you're trying to tra- to traverse and platform. <laughs> it's 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 insane how hard that game is, and I remember not getting far in that game until it came out on the Wii, where it has like a save system in the game. What do they call it? Like a save state? Yes, yeah, save states and loading states. Yeah, like uh, old games are funny like that, though, man. Like that, obviously they were designed to be like miserable and to keep you playing, you know, for long periods of time. So the difficulties, like even think like Battletoads, think the original Castlevanias, and even you know Ninja Gaiden and the like. Even to an extent, like the Mario games had that, where the the difficulty sort of ramps up at the end and. You're just kind of stuck, so you got to go all the way back from you know the the first level to get back to that point, so you can try to beat it. And I I mean, there, there's something to be said for that, right? Like obviously it was all BS at the time, but I mean, some of it is super challenging. Yeah, and I think that that especially with older develop older game development and mentality around game development and modern ones the modern ones are obviously just a little bit more refined right they can still be difficult and not feel unfair to play that's the important thing now with a lot of the newer games i think in terms of like when you play a difficult game and so uh getting back into the game a little bit more here it is a story driven game as well so there is a bit of a story to this the storytelling is inspired by like korean cinema and american story movies like sin city or john wick Korean cinema, like I, the guy during a couple interviews said he was reminded of stuff by like old boy. You know what I mean? So it's like it's very it's like it's gritty. It's like a gritty action. It it, it feels like I'm basically Samurai John Wick in this game. That's basically how I, I want to say like when I play this game. Uh, who, That's pretty cool. Yeah, so like, you know, like, like John Wick obviously gets beat up and, you know, but always comes out on top. Right. This one is like, you know, you can you can quote unquote die, but it's more like your characters playing the scenarios all in his head and then does it and when it happens that's when it succeeds and you move forward to the next to the next area basically and got it, got it. and the story is told through uh you know the game there's a little bit of text on screen and stuff like that there's, there's also like a real-time dialogue tree system cool thing with this one that i didn't experience with a, a lot of games because i think for a while i stopped playing a lot of these like really story driven games because there's just a lot of text and a lot of reading a lot of voice acting and just a bunch of just exposition but this one's, uh, you can interrupt NPCs with your replies. I'm not sure if that's been implemented in any other game. Like I, I like Mass Effect or, you know, like Fallout. I don't know if you can interrupt the NPCs while they're talking. 
Uh, that is a good question. I don't really know. But okay. Yeah. So like that's this, a good idea. In this game, essentially, like while the people are talking, there's like a timer. There's like a bar that's slowly like ticking down, and then you if while they're talking, you can just interrupt them, and then some characters get annoyed by <laughs> you not answering or constantly interrupting them, which changes a little bit of the dialogue uh, in the game. Um, but some you know, some some bits don't have a whole whole lot of outcome on the end of the the game, like the overall plot. But it definitely changes some of the interactions within the game. There are a couple uh, very specific scenes for this, and uh, I, I I ask you that you when you play this game and you know you play it again, uh, try another way of replying to the NPCs or during these exposition moments where the you know people are talking to you. You can you can reply either kind of nice or be a jerk to them, and it does change the way a couple things play out here. And then uh, for the yeah, in, in the, during the game's uh, development and release, uh, two more additional game modes came out like a month after the game's release. Uh, hard mode, which again, as I said before, this game's already mm. kind of hard, but fair. Uh, the hard mode basically makes more enemies that require specific things to do to actually kill them. Again, most people die in one hit in this game. Most. Most. Um, yeah, it's like some, you know, it's like any other, like even like certain shooter games, you have to like knock off a helmet before you can actually give them a headshot kind of deal. It's like that. Like, you know, you have to work your way around certain enemies. And then uh, speedrun mode, which is, uh, you know, like it basically just cuts out all the dialogue and just says, just play, just go. You know what I mean? So, oh, so th- there cool. is like a time speedrun mode built into the game, which is always kind of cool because I think games like this almost like lend themselves to speedrunning. So it, and it's really, really it's it's this game's already really fun to begin with. So give it a speedrunning mode if you like that competitive aspect, like that self competitive a- aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, if you once you get through or so give it a try. And if you like speedrunning, you know, listener, uh, check this game out. Uh, I would say play this game blind for the first time. Uh, I mentioned earlier, right? Go play play through it once and then go back for the other specific dialogue options you want to see. Example, uh, uh, one specific example I'm going to give you of this. uh, Just to have it in the back of your head. Again, I'm not really, it doesn't really pertain to anything that changes anything major in the story. But there is one fight that requires you to make specific decisions to get to it. Mm. So okay. play the game first, then come back for it on a second run if you didn't get it. You know, I, I didn't get it the first time. Uh, I got it on my, my third uh, playthrough of this game because, you know, I played it once, saw most of the dialogue options, came back to it, and then played it again, just trying different stuff out, interrupting certain people or being nice to certain people. And then I was, and then once I saw on like what's it called the community page for this game, someone yeah. said, "Oh, hey, here's how you get to this fight." I was like, oh, "Okay, let me." I haven't, I've never done this fight, so looks like I missed something. So I'll, I'll, I'll I started a new game up, played it again, and got to the fight and experienced it myself. Uh, again, it's not a spoiler. It's just like it's another fight that add. It just adds more to the story when you get to that point. Uh, got it. Yeah, and it's that's. Just, just play. This is one of those games where it's not even that long. It's, it's really not. I played this game uh, in like short, like thirty to like forty-five, uh, to, like forty-five minutes to like an hour bursts, and I got through in a couple sessions. And then when I actually had time to like sit down and play it, I ended up playing like my second and my third playthrough in like one sitting. Gotcha. It's not, it's not that so- was one of my, that was one of the first questions I was going to ask you. The other one, I'll I'll ask a little later here. Yes, yeah, it's not super long. Uh, it's uh i think people like listed online as like four and a half five hours to get through the game and then like uh nine hours if you want to like fully 100 percent it kind of deal got it uh but yeah it's like yeah again you can you can you can play this game in like short in short bursts and it's it feels like that because again every every uh bit to this game is kind of like level based at least like um or mission based you go on a mission 
you come back, you know, you take another mission from your psychiatrist, there's some exposition there, and then you go again. So you, you can play it in like, you can play it in chunks. The, the, the game's pretty well designed for it. That's awesome. That, that is really helpful, especially, you know, with our, with our schedules being so busy and or, and or not busy, but they fluctuate so much, right? Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be able to pick it up and put it down. Uh, did you play this on keyboard and mouse or with a controller? Uh, you can do it both, but I actually bought this game twice. I bought this game on Steam, so I played it on keyboard and mouse, and then I played, okay. played it mostly on a controller. And then I actually finished it for the first time on Switch. Right, So okay. I literally started a new file and just, like, fell into it. I would take my hour uh, lunch break at work and just, like, just sit down in a corner of, like, the cafeteria and just play this for, like, an hour straight. I uh, played it with the Joy-Cons. I played it with the, uh, the Hori, uh, Hori uh, FightPad Pro, whatever it's called, the, the bigger, chunky boys that feel like an actual yeah. controller. And, yeah, this, game's, this game can be done very, very well with the controller. It, it is clearly designed for it, as the guy who said also made it for the Switch to release at the same time as Mac and Windows. Controller it is, got it. Yeah, uh, pl- plug controller in. Uh, it's cool. This game, this game rips ass. Like it's it's so good. It's it's a there's a really cool aesthetic to it. The music's really cool. Um, th- yeah, th- this game was a game that had a lot of issues. I think during development because it's mostly what it's basically one guy who developed the whole thing, and then he had like small teams. So he like you know pushed out work to, and sometimes teams wouldn't stay or uh, you know people would drop out of the project, and he just continue on his own. But yeah, this game's a great. This game's a fantastic, fantastic game. I want you to give this one a shot and let me know what you uh, feel about it. Because, uh, you know, as I said before, uh, we, you like platforming games. Uh, you like action. You know, we like hack and slash action games here. And it's, it's definitely like a, a turn away from the usual indie game when most people think of like the artsy fartsy indie games that you, you know, that you were mentioning before. This has a very clear style and vision for it. And I really, really fell in love with this game. I, I was following this game before it even came out. And uh, I heard, like a couple of YouTubers that I watched were also like, they kind of like found it at like PAX or something like that. And they were like, this is going to be the game. This is going to be the game that comes out this year that I'm going to fall in love with. And that it was for them. It was for me. Yeah. You know, look, it, it has a really cool aesthetic. It, it sort of has like that my vice esque lots of bright purples and blues right it's got a certain art style to it uh it's got swords so how bad could it really be right it's got like cool weaponry and stuff like that um it's got a uh, and and it has an ending more importantly it has has a beginning and an ending so it has an ending um it's not one of these goddamn roguelikes again (laughs) i think uh somebody called it neon noir you know not neon noir but it's neon noir yeah uh it's pretty cool um yeah, it's a pixel is a pixel aesthetic, but, you know, pixel art is no longer the, you know, simplified uh, pixel aesthetic that most people think of. You know, what I mean, it's not like a not like an old school Legend of Zelda. It's more it's, it's closer to like, the amount of detail you can get like a 16 bit game. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it, even more, I think, even, too. even more. So, yeah. But like it's that like there's a lot of detail in the pixels. And like I think pixel art is one of those things that because it's so simple it can be expanded upon to a way where it looks gorgeous, not, not just simple and clean. It can be very detail focused and stuff like that. So I, I, I love the aesthetic of this game as well too. Yeah. I'm excited. Can't wait to get started. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. It'll be a short break here and you will hear from us two weeks from now after Jeff has gotten through this game a couple times. Later Gators. Wait, I fucked that up. Leave it in later Gators. <laughs>
Okay, listeners, we are back. It has been two weeks now since uh, the first half of our episode, and uh, Jeff has had some time to get Katana Zero under his fingers. Um, so before I guess we get into that, how have you been? It's been two weeks, and we haven't really chatted this much uh, those last two weeks. I know. We've been busy. Yeah, I've been trying to cram stuff in as I lose my headphones here. <laughs> um, just trying to cram stuff in before vacation start and all that. So I managed to also cram Katana Zero in, too. And so I'm I'm really ready to to get into this. This was this was a trip. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun game, and uh, yeah, I'm in the same same the same boat right now. Uh, I got some personal trips. I actually went on my first weekend trip down to Maryland a couple weeks last weekend. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, that was cool. It was good to see some friends I haven't seen in a while. I haven't seen them since their wedding. I feel like which was like a couple years ago, and they mm-hmm. went over to the West Coast and came back here, and now they have a baby. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, always weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's been that long since I've actually been out and about and been social, actually with, you know, doing just kind of hangout stuff kind of thing. So it's like, it was kind of nice to see everybody and hang out again. It was a, a yeah. really enjoyable weekend. But yeah, I've, I've, I've got some other trips lined up this summer, you know, weddings and another, a couple more of the weekend trips, just just ca- something to break the monotony of just working and, you know, doing daily life stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, I'm leaving for my first vacation in in quite some time here on Tuesday, so that'll be uh, that'll be a good time. Yeah, that, well, in a few days. Yeah, that'll be recording. that'll be good. Hope you guys enjoy that for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get back into our game here. So Katana Zero. Yeah. How'd you, how how what did you think of it? Oh my god! All right, it, it, this rules. Like this was so much fun. Yeah, I really right? enjoyed this game. And basically, the the first note I have here is that it's basically Mark of the Ninja with a cooler aesthetic. Yeah, and, yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about how much I love Mark of the Z- Mark of the Ninja. You know that um, sort of two D action stealth kind of game with the ninja theme. And obviously, I mean, this is like more of a samurai than a ninja, but yeah, basically, you know, guy with guy with sword, sort of two D game. And I really liked it. Like, I, I thought it was so cool. I liked the little. The thing I really appreciated was the levity breaks in between all of the violence and the murder you know because this is this is a very violent game and it does touch on a lot of mature topics oh yeah it's super dark yeah i think it does a really nice job of talking about what addiction's like and like all the things that you'll do to scratch that itch and to get that thing that you're looking for and um so I, I guess to to summarize the game a little bit, you basically play as a secret agent who is reliant on a drug, which the name escapes me right now. But basically, you can slow down time, right? Yeah. And I, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier. And so it, it turns out that you've become kind of dependent on it. And so you talk to a therapist about the your past and all the things that you've done in your life, and he gives you your fix in exchange for killing a target, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was a really good... I just thought it did such a great job uh, at, you know, showing you what life is like as like a, an addict and just how far people are willing to go to get their fix. And... Now I know for for the the main character it's a little different because if he stops taking the thing he will literally die. I mean it's not even a it's not a joke. I mean that that's what the side effect of the drug is, right? It yeah. is to die. But you know, for for many, I, I think it does feel like that. Um, 
But out of all of that, right, there there are some levity bits. Uh, right in the beginning, the uh, the girl behind the counter thinks you're like a samurai from one of the uh, one of the in universe anime. Yeah, so she's basically, like, a super like nerd, basically, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, sick! You're like you're doing a cosplay, basically." Yeah, so I use that to get out of my situation and uh, like like the sticky situation in the beginning when you're trying to infiltrate one of the buildings. And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally the cosplayer, you know, cosplaying this this guy, Super Samurai Six or whatever it was. Yeah, really obscure name, and, and like, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of funny because it, it's clearly poking fun at like the absurdity of like Japanese anime titles translated to, to translated over to English. Uh-huh. And yep. yeah, you, you so that's a really cool situation, right? So you basically you can be nice to the office lady or the receptionist at the desk. And she can basically bail you out of a fight, essentially, mm-hmm. <laughs> because she's like, "Oh no, he's not—he's not, he's not a, a, an actual murderer. He's just cosplaying." And they go, "Oh, right, okay. I guess you're not the guy we're looking for." Okay, carry on. See it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really appreciated the the dialogue options, and it got to a point throughout the game where you you're able to cut people off, right? Um, so you do that quite a bit when you're replaying uh, parts that you've already done. You've already seen all the dialogue options. You can skip it to get back into the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually found myself interrupting the therapist towards the end, where then we had our um, our fight, quote unquote, right? Uh, so, so as you're you're progressing through the game, right, uh, for, dear listener here, um, as you're progressing through the game, you go see your therapist, and as you, the more you kill and kill and kill the more unhinged your therapist, who I don't even know if he really is a therapist, but he could just be a guy in a fancy office, right? Um, The more unhinged he gets, and the more your relationship gets fractured to the point where I... uh, I don't know if this is how it ends all the time, but I basically just beat him to death. Yes. Towards the end of the game. Yeah, with the... The the relationship with the scientist is kind of like one of the... um, like subplots, I guess, of the story, because obviously the main plot is your character trying to figure out he's having these nightmares, which seem to be recurring. Mm-hmm. So they, it's like, is it a memory kind of thing that's kind of like a kind of haunting him basically from his past? And the uh, psychiatrist is basically saying like, oh no, there's probably a side effect of your, you know, of the of the drugs. So just right. move, don't think about it too hard. Move along. Here's your next mission. So mm-hmm. you you already have a bit of a weird interaction with him in the first place. And so, yeah, at the end, essentially at the end of the, the end of the main story, you basically beat down your psychiatrist because you snap at him. You realize he's manipulating you to basically take out his competition. Right. And uh, the drug, by the way, is called Kronos. Yes. Thank which you. Is, which is, you know, uh, in reference to the fact that it slows down time, essentially, for the user and mm-hmm. other users who can essentially run at full speed while the rest of the world slows down. And yeah there is there that is the, the the ending of the game is pretty much there's one main ending to the game basically and there is a mm-hmm. slight variation i don't know if you got how many how many plays did you get through this game so i i only played through once i know you said there were multiple options here but i uh i only managed to play through it once we'll probably revisit it later but at the at the moment i just did my first playthrough okay yeah so with the with the game it basically is is relatively linear there's it's basically just one ending there's a slight variation ending where if you do a uh, certain uh, actions and interactions with the psychiatrist, it's mostly, I believe. I believe uh, again, it's been a while since I've done it. Uh, it's no, there's no shame in going through with a uh, 
a walkthrough just to make sure you do the certain things uh, properly in order to make to actually make sure that that fight triggers. So you have a quote unquote fight with him and basically just beat him down, and you that's how mm-hmm. you get that's how basically he ends the psychiatrist. But if you do a bunch of uh, specific prompt reactions like when during the uh the dialogue trees and stuff like that there actually is a boss fight with a psychiatrist and i'm not going to spoil that uh for you and for you listener but if you if you go into it there's an actual fight with the guy and not just like essentially like a a scene of you just beating him down so so i I would say go, go into that one on your second run or third run i would say try it now that you're aware of that there's a thing to do for it Mm-hmm. try doing it the second time and Got then it. if okay. it doesn't happen go look up look up a walkthrough on exactly what replies you need to do to trigger that event to happen right but yeah it's a, it's it's a very very much so basically a linear game and that's the like everything basically culminates into your character uh getting more and more belligerent with a psychiatrist because of the fact that he's starting to lose track of what is isn't real you know is it a dream is it a hallucination is it a side effect is it his past coming to haunt him? And then the psychiatrist, who is, again, clearly manipulating you, essentially sedating you to, to kind of keep you under his thumb so he can get rid of his own competition. And just he can he's essentially like the psychiatrist is almost like a cover for his drug operations. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, again, uh, the game with the, the time slowing down mechanics and. Uh, the hack slashy action, the 2D action. What was your what was your feelings on on those actually? Since you mentioned Mark the Ninja, Mark the Ninja is almost kind of like almost kind of semi turn based, right? Because you can slow down, choose an action, do it, and then move forward, right? This one is a lot more fluid. You kind of play and get to like a flow state, right? So, what do you think of the what right. do you think of the combat in this game? No, I really enjoyed the combat. I I thought the uh, I thought the the time slow mechanic was really great. I thought the uh, the ability to reflect bullets was was awesome. It took a little bit for me to learn how to properly time the rolls and and use the evasion techniques, and and so that was a little thing I had to get used to. The other thing, the the one nitpick, I have one nitpick and one weird glitch that I uncovered. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that. My one nitpick is that I couldn't assign a mouse button to slow down time. I had to use a a key. Oh, key okay. so so I chose Q, and so when you're when you're moving towards the right, it's easy enough. Oh, but when you yeah. have to move to the left, and I have to hold down Q and manipulate, you know, S and A because I play this on keyboard. My I don't know, my controller just wasn't cooperating with okay. it, so I ended up just playing it on mouse and keyboard, like I did Mark of the Ninja the first time around. So I mean, it wasn't really a big deal. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that was the one thing that kind of threw me for a loop once i got used to it though it was really simple and, and and the game like you said the game really gets you to a point where you're flowing uh to the point where parts of the game where you're normally you know when you first do the the, the portion you're slowing it down you're taking your time it got to the point where okay this guy's going to come out of this door i'm going to click right now i'm going to deflect the bullet in real time not in slowed time and kill him therefore you're able to save your chronos to save your slowdowns for situ- for really sticky situations uh and that was something that i appreciated and then of course when you finish the the room when you finish the area you get to watch it back and and every once in a while if i pulled off something slick i was like all right i got to rewatch this this is awesome yeah that moment when you pull off like a a good run in that section yep it feels so good 
and there are also like kind of funny ways you can mess with the environment in this game as well too right so like i think i think mm-hmm. i believe it's during your first hit job right and you're going through the club i believe it's a club so like there's like a bit of it's funny because right because there's, there's a bit of like a stealth mechanic in that one Right. Where you walk into like a crowd of people dancing and your character yep. starts like fist pumping in, in, in yep. the shadows. It is kind of funny. Um, and the guards will just walk by you. And then once you get to like the back rooms, there's like lasers, you know, you, which you can flip on and off and you can dash through the lasers, but you can't walk through them. Right. So like the dash mm-hmm. is essentially like almost like super speed. You can kind of walk, you can kind of move through them. And on the way back, it's funny because like a horde of enemies gets called up because your target killed himself. I think, I think that's the first mission second mission one of those two and like the instead of instead of having to like run at them and fight them you can just turn the lasers back on when they're in the laser path and just kill yep. all of them that way which is always super funny it's like oh okay that was easy i don't have to worry about this anymore which you know obviously not a cinematic you're like when you watch the playback it's kind of like underwhelming <laughs> because you just took the easy way out uh but it's still kind of funny that your characters like you can kind of think like oh if i'm this character it's like why would i go through this fight if i can just do this you know what i mean Right. And uh, yeah, there's some there's some like kind of funny moments and breaks in the gameplay, as you said, like it is a pretty it is a pretty dark game. It has some again, it, has, it deals with mm-hmm. addiction, uh, PTSD. Again, your character is a uh, war veteran. Right. And he's dealing with like, you know, his trauma and clearly he's having like hallucinations and nightmares of from what it looks like initially, the game treats it like almost like a flashback, right? It treats the dreams like, oh, that was me. I was that little kid in the dream. Mm-hmm. And then the guy kicked the door in. And uh, again, a reminder again to the listeners here, we, we're going to be talking about the rest of the story here. Oh, but yeah. It, you find out by the end of the story, the little kids in the dream are actually like villagers. And the person who kicks right. the door down and kills the scientist or the doctor is you. Mm-hmm. which is wild because again yeah. you're, you're in like i mean like i'm not sure if it's something that maybe i might have missed let, let me know what your opinion on this was but in my first playthrough i didn't even realize the possibility that could have been me in the it like me being the us like the person raiding that hut you know what i mean i could have oh yeah sworn i had no idea that i was a little kid i could have uh-huh. sworn that i was a little kid the little girl was your friend and uh-huh. then like i was like oh no it's that's the trauma of what made him i guess become a warrior you know what i mean right yeah like i thought i I could have sworn that was where the story was gonna go but what what did you think of that bit yeah i thought the same thing too i thought he kept on replaying a, a traumatic situation from his youth and i thought i thought that the guy kicking down the door could have been the other sword guy the the blonde haired guy that you meet throughout the the game who you never get to fight, I don't think, right? You never really get to fight him. Uh, yeah, I don't believe so. Because the only, mm-hmm. uh, the only like, because every fight is essentially predetermined. Like they're all set up for that fight. The only mm-hmm. non-predetermined fight is the psychiatrist fight. Right. So you you're supposed to, you know, it looks like it seems like that guy is your rival throughout the whole thing. Uh, and then you kick down the door. You kill the. You know, our character kicks down the door, kills the scientist, uses the machine, walks out, and talks to this blonde-haired guy that's, like, your rival. And it turns out, you know, you two are, are peas of a pod, right? You're, you're the same thing. Yeah, and, you're both fighting for the same side in this Cro-Mag war, basically. Right. And I thought that was pretty wild. I, I did think it was a pretty, like, oh, wow, ending to a game that is already a lot of, oh, wow. 
to it. And, um, you know, like I said, I did appreciate the levity breaks. Uh, but this game's tough, man. And, and it, it nails the gritty vaporwave style that a lot of games try to do. I think most notably Cyberpunk tries to do it really, you know, quite a bit. Uh, but I think this game really knocks it out of the park with the, you know, the atmosphere, the aesthetic, the the music, the sound effects, the gameplay. I mean, it's a complete package. Uh, my apologies, by the way, listener, if you hear some uh, booming in the background, uh, someone is setting off fireworks uh, kind of close by. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching my uh, audio line popping up. I'm like, oh, uh, that is not good because I cannot separate that audio track, unfortunately. <laughs> so there, I mean, there might be a little bit of a background boom going oh, on. Oh, right I just now. heard it. Happy yeah, Fourth of July. Yeah, Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Oh, well, there we go. Now we dated this episode. Here we go. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, like as I was saying before, there was there's a lot going on in this in terms of the story. There's multiple plot lines going on at the same time. And again, like the whole point is that it's kind of like not a rug pull. What's the word I'm uh what's the term I'm looking for? Subversion of expectation? Right. That's the term. See, I, I know I know things. <laughs> uh, you know more than me. Yeah. So like it's you again, you're expecting to think that, oh, that's a trauma that your character is essentially going through, and then that's what explains him becoming this hardened drug addicted, you know, like not serial killer, but like hitman, basically. You know what I mean? Like he's like he's a he's a hardened soldier in his own respect. It does a really, really good job of giving you these really heavy story bits and then giving you a moment of like, let's let's bring it up a little bit, right? So between each and even then, like even some of those moments of levity are still kind of heavy, right? So after every mission, you talk you uh yeah, after every mission, you get like a call from your a psychiatrist or you call him saying like okay the deed's done basically right he's like okay cool i will see you tomorrow or you see me in my office now right you talk to him uh he has some dialogue for you you can react however you want to um interact with something in the room or so, you know inspect something like, uh-huh. you can see his degree on the table uh or you know like uh looking at more case files he's like hey i have work to do you can leave now stuff like that depending on how you've been answering him this up to that point he, yeah. can, he can be more of an understanding or a little more short with you, depending if you've been, you know, been very short, short with, with him, him as well. Yeah. yeah. And then you go home to your crappy apartment. You uh-huh. have neighbors who are like jamming out all through the night. You, you know, you, you like your character drinks his tea. He has this moment of like kind of like silence. And then he puts a sword away, sits on the sofa, passes out. So yep. like even those like moments between the combat and the gameplay bits, it's still kind of sad you know what i mean oh, like yeah. it's like unfortunately he is like this drug addicted superhero basically right or or like the super villain if you depending on how you're looking at the guy he or like an anti-hero i guess and he goes back to his normal home nobody to go home with and kind of just lives this sad like you know one room apartment kind of life and right. he's lonely like, yeah lonely like Every night on the news, there's like, he, he, you know, you see in the text, right? The news is saying, like, there were 37 deaths at the Murdauer Hotel, which you were right. literally just at. The, mm-hmm. the deaths there are all your fault. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's like, okay, cool. I guess I, that's my job done. I'm going to sleep. It doesn't affect me anymore. And then you start the next day. And again, he basically is, he's almost kind of like stuck in this really dark Groundhog's Day situation. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It, it is basically Groundhog's Day. You wake up, you do the same thing, you come home, you go to sleep, you wake up, you do it again. And 
Now that might sound like a criticism, but every environment, every level does feel different. And how you approach the situations, of course, are different. So don't think that this is just a cookie cutter, copy and paste through 12 levels. It's not. Um, but, you know, think about it from a general perspective from you as a person, right? You are basically living Groundhog Day and you're trapped because he has to live like this. He has to perform these these actions to get his fix to stay alive. Yeah, and it is. It's sad, man. It, it's, 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 a, it's, it's really sad. It's like it's basically like he's almost doomed to live this life until his death. Mm-hmm. And your character kind of result has to come to that resolution himself. Like he has to acknowledge, like right. I can't stop taking this or I die, but I don't want to take this anymore. Right. Because the side effects then, are getting worse and worse and worse every time he uses it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a central theme of one of the final fights in the game, right? When you're fighting the girl with the laser gun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there's only enough for, for one of us. And so a- as you realize the, the impact of this program, right? The Kronos program, and you see how many lives are affected by this drug that's has a dwindling amount, right? Less and less every single day. Um, it it, it build, builds a real bleak reality for the characters in this game. And, uh, <laughs> you know, reflecting on it, it's kind of depressing. But the music's cool and the game's fun. So I, I didn't really think about it in the moment. Yeah, like the general aesthetic of this game is kind of wild, right? Like the, the, the dichotomy between like this like super like like cyberpunky uh, I, I know I, I know this game has been compared aesthetically to like hotline miami you know what i mean yeah. like, a, like a vice kind of game because it's lots of neon pinks and purples and blues and oranges it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous looking game so much is done with just pixel art and it's so cool to see and but again there's just this grim dark under underbelly of this entire game that exists and you're kind of like yeah, you don't notice it when you're playing it, right? Like you, you just think, oh, this game is really colorful. The action's great. The fluid, the action, the um, the animation fluidity is gorgeous. And you know you're murdering people, but it's like you're kind of just thinking about like, okay, cool, I just did my thing. And then it almost it, the game almost makes you sit down and realize what you actually just did. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're talking to the therapist or you 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 listen to the news reports and it's like thirty seven people are dead and it's like did I really kill 37 of those guys in there? Like that whole, <laughs> you know, that whole, that whole story segment had 37 guys. And, and you kind of think about it. It's like, all right, well, I, maybe he is a serial killer. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's wild. And, you know, it does a really great job of putting all of this in perspective and wrapping it up in this stylish, like I said, this stylish vapor wave, uh, not post-apocalyptic, but, Right, sort of like that uh, that cyberpunk aesthetic. Yeah, cyberpunk aesthetic. Yeah, and what I guess like there is one specific kind of like uh, tool they use to kind of bring you out of the dark in this game. So you meet this little girl right in the hallway, like after like your second day, mm-hmm. I think it is. She's your neighbor. She's your neighbor, and she kind of like, oh hey, like I lost my toy or whatever. Can I like can I look in your room? And you know you can be a jerk and be like, I don't have it. Get away from me. Or be like uh sure i guess you know what i mean that's like that's your character mm-hmm. being quote-unquote nice like yeah sure i guess come check it out something along those lines i don't know the exact uh dialogue options there but basically you can be mean to her or you can be like kind of you know whatever about her and eventually it becomes it comes to the point where she kind of like 
she's she's super nice to you 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 almost kind of just like it's almost like a little sister you can't get rid of you know what i mean it's like uh-huh. oh, yeah sure i guess if you want to hang out come on over and she's like oh your place is disgusting and you're like yeah yeah <laughs> that's just that's just how it is and like she was like is there anything to play with in here you know and it's like uh no do you not want, unless can, you want to yeah, play with a samurai you, sword can you can you leave you know what i mean like, your, your right. character has that kind of like vibe about him but she all kind of has like there, there's this gorgeous, gorgeous shot. I believe it's on you and you and her on the rooftop, and she's sitting on like the edge of the wall, and you're like leaning against it, and you're like looking at the city. There's like that one. There's like, there's like a gorgeous still. I forgot after which mission it was, and it's just like this. It almost feels peaceful. Did you see that? Did you see that scene? Yeah, yeah, where you go on the roof, right, and you're like uh, just sitting there talking to her, looking at the and... lights of the city. And, yeah, you know, it, like it's it, like it's not raining, uh, but it's like it's kind of cloudy. But it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like that feeling of like looking into like New York or looking over LA. You know what I mean? It's like oh, it's kind of nice and peaceful at this mo- this one moment. Let me enjoy this because that again, like it is like a moment. You're just talking to that little girl character, and she's kind of like being nice to you, and you kind of grow attached to her. Like, and you can tell your character does as well too. There's so there's a couple of dialogue options there actually for her. Did you ever cut her off, or were you ever mean to her? No, no, I don't think so. I don't I, think I was ever mean to her. I felt bad. I, yeah, right. It's funny because like I'm this I'm this crazy drug addicted murder samurai and I didn't have it in me. I'm like, I'm being such a jerk to everybody else in like mm-hmm. all my playthroughs, but I didn't have it in me to be mean to this little girl who seems to be just want to be nice to you. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, right. like it's, al- it's almost like it almost made me question is like, am I actually can can I even be really bad? You know what I mean? During those moments. And it's a game. <laughs> I had to question myself, like, why can't I be mean to her? I don't know what it is, but I feel I feel bad being mean to a sprite little girl, basically. <laughs> I I did have some fun with the dialogue options, though. I um, so the the one level where where you have the robot that won't shut up, uh, I let him live. I don't know if you remember, but like you have the robot. That was after like the where, fifth mission, right? I think or like fourth or fourth. Yeah, mission he, yeah, he goes on like this long diatribe about how much he hates humans. And, you know, you're you know, he's going to kill the humans, kill the humans. And I let him live. And he basically has like a meltdown thinking like this human just let me live. I've been, you know, I, I thought I hated humans this whole time. And this human was nice to me, does not compute. And then he blows up, right? Yeah, he like it's almost like a goes against his own programming kind of deal. It's like a it's like not getting him in a loop like you know like a lot of other like you know beating a robot stories go in a lot of like science science fiction stuff. Right. It's like no, he's like wait, no, that's not how that's not how this script works. You know what I mean? You're supposed to hate me. I'm supposed to hate all of you as well, but you're not doing it. So now I don't know what to do. And it's kind of a kind of like a funny little bit in the again, there are moments of levity that are strewn about in within the game. And it's kind of cool to see how well integrated they are story-wise into your characters. You know, you, essentially, you're just basically just learning more and more about your character, essentially. Yeah, I, like I said, I think the, the moments of levity, levity did a real nice job to sort of add some color to the game and make it so that you're not just a big, you know, brainless murder guy, that you're a character with different dimensions and... You know, you, you, you're, you're human. You're not just a, a robotic killing machine. You're a human being that got roped into a really awful situation. You're going through something that's really terrible in addiction. You're addicted to this drug that's keeping you alive and, and simultaneously it's running killing out. you. 
as right. well. Too. Yeah, it's keeping you alive and killing you slowly. Uh, and it's dwindling, and other people need it too. And if they don't have it, they'll die. If you don't have it, you'll die. Uh, all the while, you live in a one-bedroom apartment in the slums, and you're you're basically indebted to be a contract killer. But uh, but but it but it's awesome. <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> right. such an awesome it's game. So heavy. So, like, it's so heavy. It, the game it is. is so unnecessarily heavy. Well, necessarily heavy. Technically, it, it's, right. try, it's trying to prove. It's trying to make a point. But yeah it's like it's the game is so dark and like when you really really like step step away from the gameplay and just like you know enjoying like oh how do i you have to step away from the video game sense of your mind right you're like okay like how do i kill all these guys i'm gonna grab this cleaver that happens to be conveniently sitting in this vase <laughs> you know and like slam yeah. the door open that kills a guy throw the first cleaver kill the first guy guy behind him i run up to him i slash him there's a guy behind him with a gun i reflect that bullet and then, you know, and you move forward and forward and stuff like that. And it's it's so the game has this like chug forward, do everything almost like it's almost kind of like you're you, if especially if you play a lot of video games, it's almost like uh like game literacy. Right. You know what I mean? You know how video games work. You know what the aim of this video game is. So you kind of just do it. Cool. Mission's done. OK, back to the rest of the game. Right. It's you're almost you're almost kind of sitting as an like as a as almost like a copy of what the main character is experiencing during those actual missions themselves. It's kind of, it's like, it's a really cool idea. And I really, really love the way they portray the characters, even though he has his own personality, like, but he almost is like a self insert at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the, for, you know, very few games do this well, I would say uh, it really does make you deal with the consequences of your actions. Right. Because when you, when you kill an entire warehouse of bad guys, they talk about it on the news or the therapist chastises you and says, you know, you killed so many people. And in most games, you don't really think about it. You're just kind of trying to get to the next checkpoint or to move the story along. So you just kill everything in your way from everything from, you know, games where the central theme is to kill to even like a game like Mario, where you're jumping on the Koopas, you're, you know, jumping on Lakitu. You're avoiding the piranha plants, or you're shooting them with a fireball. You know, take an itemize, you know, itemize the amount of enemies you kill in a level of Mario. Um, and now imagine Princess Peach or Toad is yelling at you about that. And, you know, it kind of puts it in perspective, right? Yeah, like it, it, it kind of did some, it reminded me of, uh, did you, did you ever play Metal Gear Solid 3? Yes. The, like the ghost guy, the sadness, I think his name was. Remember the, yes. ri the river fight, quote unquote yep. fight? So, um, for listeners, if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 3, there's a boss fight in Metal Gear Solid 3 of the guy called the Sadness. And basically, like, the guy is, doesn't actually exist, essentially. And you're walking down, like, a river just avoiding ghosts of every person you killed up to that point. So it kind of makes you realize, like, oh, it's a game. But, like, you've decided, like, again, like, you think of the body count you've like you've dropped in your wake to get to that point. And it, like, it makes you almost realize like, Oh yeah, I've just killed like 130 something people. And the, that, that particular quote unquote fight with the sadness goes longer. The more people you have killed in the game. Uh huh. Another game that I think also that kind of acknowledges it or not acknowledges it, but I guess um, it, it almost, it almost actively avoids it. Uh, Uncharted. You think about the fact that uh, Nathan Drake, you know, uh, the uh, treasure hunter, right? 
right. uh, explorer, archaeologist, whatever he may consider be at the end of the by the end of the entire series, he is killing like hordes of mercenaries in that game, and that gets yeah. never brought up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's wild that like you know there's there there is both of those in there like in in all in different types of games and then this game it kind of like you're again your character is like in the moment you're think you're just thinking oh how does how do i play this level but again you right. uh, after the level it kind of brings everything back into perspective on what you have just done you know so it's 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 a really cool kind of like thought uh like the you know, thought experiment i guess i i don't even know if the guy the creator of the game even went this deep you know to think about this is what he why he wanted the game to be but it like at least in in my interpretation of it it feels like hey maybe think about what you're doing when you're playing these types of games you know what i mean like like actually realize what you as you're playing as this character who's supposed to be your self insert has just wrecked havoc upon like a city basically and again there are consequences to those actions like in, aside from just the story uh, your character is clearly, you know, dealing with trauma and is- his own personal issues, and then of course the people who employ those people get angrier and angrier with you <laughs> because they're like, "Yo, like, like I forgot which one of the bosses it was, but like one of the guys like says something along the lines of, I mean, I think there was a the guy like the weird robot suit guy. I think he was like third, the second or third boss. I think he was. Okay, remember he like he just kills one of his own people because he's like, yeah, screw it, why not, right? Because he's like, right. I, I'm also Chrono Caesar, why not? Like we're better than them." And it's like this, like devaluing of life in a video game. And again, it's a video game. I shouldn't really care about this, but like it almost kind of brings brings it into perspective what I'm actually doing half the time. Yeah, let's see here. I have a couple other things I want to question you on here. On uh... okay, here. Uh, So I mentioned in the first half, uh, Standard said instant death, super difficult, very forgiving, where a very forgiving game where you always feel like it's your fault, not the game's fault. Do you think this game like? Re, like you know embodied that feeling because again like you said like you slow down time but and you're kind of playing it more cautiously but then the more and more comfortable you get the more f- kind of free you play this game right you start like yeah. i can just hold right now or you know jump across walls and do all this stuff because now i know how the game works right how did you feel like the game ramped up in terms of like still keeping this instant death feeling or the mechanic in the game even though the difficulty ramps up, did you feel like you were able to keep up with the game? Did you think that it was kind of unforgiving at some point? You know, any moments specifically you had issues with, or uh, how do you no. how do you think the game just felt in overall? I guess in in that regard, the gameplay regard. I never felt powerless. I never felt like you know. Obviously, there were certain points where I got stuck, especially when I like got towards the end of of sessions, right? And you're just kind of like done. Um, I ran into that a lot with the with the laser gun girl where it was like towards the end of the night and I'm trying to play and I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, I just can't figure this out. And then once I returned, you know, it kind of made more sense. Um, I never felt no, like, like you said, it it was always kind of, it's always kind of your fault when something goes awry. Uh, The game does a good job of, okay, you died. You're already back into it. Try it again. Right. And, that that was something that I really appreciated was the fact that I, I never felt because that's one of the big things that I hate in games where it's like you we've talked about it quite a bit artificial difficulty and making the game bullshit and masking it as difficulty 
this game was not it wasn't i wouldn't call it difficult i will call it challenging right and you understand the nuance of those two words where the game itself isn't complex it's not complex it's not difficult to master right you have a jump button you have attack you have chronos you have uh throwing weapons sometimes yeah like pick up and, interact kind of deal yeah right and you have a you have a role and that's it right so so as far as like functions are concerned you don't have to master combos you don't have to you know juggle resources you, you basically just have you have a single resource that you have to manage and you just have to not get hit and the challenge comes from being able to string together a run perfect basically a perfect run but the game presents itself in such a way that you have multiple opportunities to perfect that run and you don't feel i i, I never felt frustrated i was like ah oh, bullshit right that that certain games make you feel when you die and you have to start over. I never felt that with this game. And that could be because the checkpoint system is really well done, where basically you you have a room and every time you move to a different room, you just start from the beginning of the section, right? Um so I think I, I think it does that really well. But there but it is. It's a challenging game, especially with the boss fights, right? The same that same laser girl fight, you have to go through four phases with ads that spawn that everything can kill you in one hit right uh so one wrong move and you know i i was on the third or fourth phase multiple times and i had to start from the beginning because i i, I made one wrong move or i didn't dodge in time or you know i i just didn't do something right yeah and i refrain from calling this game difficult but i will call it challenging and it was an exciting challenge and every time you cleared a level it you felt proud right you felt oh i i totally crushed that room right if you like one phase a room like you go in the first time you see this room you kill everything in one shot and you leave that feels great when you're stuck on a room for a while and you can't quite get everything perfect and you finally do it that feels really good and, and this game does a really good job of making you you know, making you feel proud of yourself. And it, it, I appreciated that. And like I said, and, and, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it again, this is the right kind of way to present challenge in games, right? It, it's not overly complex. It's not, you know, there were no uh, super, super tanky bosses or super tanky enemies that took multiple hits to kill. Everything dies in one hit. And it, it's just on you to execute. And I, and I appreciated that. Yeah, like the most in terms of enemies uh, that require more than one hit, per se, it's like, uh, it's like there are en certain enemies have like knives or a blade on them, so they can technically parry your first attack, so you have to follow up afterwards. Or uh, like, mm -hmm. guy, like guys with like riot shields, uh, okay, just roll behind them, you know what I mean? They, right, it, if you strike from behind, you kill them all in Exactly, one hit, so. so there's there's that as well. And... The biggest thing I think that I experienced, like my frustrations with this game, uh, again, but again, it's like a fair frustration, right? Was like remembering the sequence of events that come that that plays out, right? So I, I'm going to use a music a music term here. Uh, we call it sight reading. So basically, so you're given a piece of music and you kind of do like a quick cursory glance over it and you start playing. 
and you know what what is on the page and just try to minimize your mistakes right and it's kind of like you sight read a room that kind of way you mentioned like i first got in there first try oh sick i just did that without even like having to try it a second time just to just to succeed right and the biggest issue that i had was when i had a room that i couldn't like read or predict properly and like say like i was like okay like kill these two guys run up the first set of steps uh, kill the first guy in front of me, and then I forget, oh, oh, there's two guys that chase behind me afterwards, you know what I mean? And I forget to get them before I keep progressing forward. And again, that's my fault for not acknowledging and remembering the order of events that are supposed to happen or that are going to happen in this room and reacting to it properly. So the game does a really, really good job of um, just like, okay, reset, do it again, you know, and now remember that these two people come afterwards. It's almost like a quick, like, play, learn, die, repeat kind of deal. But but in a much more focused, short window than, let's say, like a tip, like a roguelike. And we're going to use, I'm going to use that because obviously you have your issues with roguelikes and that, that, that kind of play, play style. But this is much more, much more focused. Right. And it's much more structured, I think. Um, it, it gives you all the tools rather than you having to go level by level finding all the tools to make yourself strong and, and give yourself a fighting chance it gives you all the tools it's just on you to execute and for me that's the perfect level of challenge yeah um did did this game remind you of anything else uh, aside from like mark of the ninja uh because i think i'm i don't remember if i mentioned anything else that it reminds me of but i guess the way uh i thought of it was like i remember thinking it felt a little bit like because especially when you get to like that flow state of this game right uh there's it's like it reminds me a little bit of like quake almost you know what I mean? I'm just, you know, I'm just jumping Definitely. around one tapping everything and move forward uh-huh. keep moving right is there anything else that this game kind of reminded you of so the end for me the end of bioshock 2 when Ooh, you're playing yeah, as yeah. noble i forget the guy it's not noble one i, yeah, I don't remember the, the guy's name i, I never actually but, played bioshock i watched my brother play it and i remember just like kind of thinking oh yeah once you get to the point where you have everything you can kind of just oh, like yeah and but now it's just on you to execute you know uh-huh. to like to perform at that point right and you're just going through you're killing big daddies you're killing enemies you have all the tools. It's just on you to execute, right? And that w- that's something that I've wanted from a game that, like, I- I've been looking for that feeling in a game, and uh, we're going to talk about that feeling that sort of way. But Katana Zeno does a really good job of, of making you f- sort of feel like that, where, you know, you have all the tools. You are this powerful being. It's just on you, the player, to execute. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over again, I guess, because I, I just I can't like I, it feels so good. It was it was so yeah. good. It was so smooth. You said you played it on mouse and keyboard, took you a minute, obviously, to switch over your, you know, your get, get the game on your fingers. Obviously, if you're switching from a controller, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, your controller didn't work. That sucks. Because again, like yeah. I, I played this on Switch and I played this on PC, and I prefer it with a controller because I think it's just kind of meant to be played that way. But I really, really enjoyed the way I played. It. it plays on a controller. There's again, there's not a crazy amount of buttons. They are letting off the crazy uh, <laughs> uh, pause here. They're let. This is the end of the show right now. Uh, the the fireworks show. Oh just, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're just gonna hold off for a second here, just because I my microphone is going insane right now. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? 
Nope. Random stray. <laughs> okay. What, what was I talking about? Um, let's see. So yeah, like in, in regards to the way the game plays and how you move around the map and you kind of, again, you have all the tools at your disposals on you to execute. There are these moments where it like you, you don't feel all powerful, but you feel like, you're competent you know what i mean you're like oh i'm the guy like, there's a reason yep. why they're hiring me as the guy you know what i mean like this is my job i know what to do i do the job move along and there's just this balance of gameplay story and everything else the world building around it which is really really well done um i've seen a couple of people complain about the way that the game ends a little bit but i think it's more just because the creator justin stander uh, was intending to make a sequel for this game eventually. Because again, this guy did basically make this game by himself. Right. Um, I think the most critical thing that I saw about this game is that people were pretty critical about the ending of the game. I can but, see that. Yeah, right? Like, the story kind of doesn't wrap up, per se. It, it actually ends on, like, a pretty strong cliffhanger because it's like it does. you realizing your your nightmare is you. You're the guy right. who does the terrible things to the children and the doctor. To again, some foreshadowing, you are the traumatic event. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it, again, very dark when you really like, le- like sit back and really look at it from that, like from the bigger picture of the entire game. And there are other games that I think that because of this game, I definitely looked into. Uh, there's a couple like other indie games that I played, which are very similar to this. There's a game called, let me pull it, pull it up real quick. Uh, I played it recently, actually. I, I got back into it recently against Scour- uh, Scourgebringer. So Scourgebringer is a roguelike game, sorry, (laughs) but it has this kind of like same kind of flow state kind of combat, you know, and like, again, there's like attack patterns, you kind of learn what the enemies do and, but your character kind of, you, you, you almost just jump around the room and slash and murder everything. And and it, 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 I kind of got into Scourgebringer because of it. Uh, or, or I think I don't remember which one came out first, but I, I remember having one of these in my library first. It made me remember, wait a second, I think I had another game that reminded me of the other. You know what I mean? And Scourgebringer has that same kind of feel where it's like you get into the flow state, you jump around, you're a murder machine. Like you are, you are just like a, just the Harbinger, 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 whatever the word is. I don't know how to pronounce Harbinger. it. Harbinger. Harbinger. I've read it, never actually said it, now I think about it. Oh. Yeah, uh, probably in movies. I just don't remember. I'm dumb. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you're just this harbinger of death, basically, right? And it's on your ex. And it's all like your performance. It's, it's like it's like you know the execution, performance based, whatever you want to call it. And it's basically that kind of same feel, in that like that they that visceral like yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the badass. I'm the one that pe- I'm the danger. I'm the one who knocks. I will make more <laughs> references and talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that this game does that so so well like uh soul scourgebringer and this the the game we were in we actually played uh katana zero the like unfortunately again like you said your keyboard was your controller wasn't recognizing i think this plays really really well on controller so try whatever you can uh mess around with it a little bit uh might just be some settings in steam or whatever and just try to get your controller working again because this plays so so well on a on a on a controller i played this on the joy cons on the switch joy cons yeah it's wild right considering the joy cons are not exactly the most ergonomic controller uh but yeah like it's it's enough to just have everything there it feels really really good to play it does it was it was really fun and uh i'm happy i got to play it 
yeah and again play through it a couple more times uh again there uh go through one more time if you know with that with or without reading the playthrough to how to get to that secret boss that i mentioned again i'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. it here uh I, you know again listener if you want to listener if you want to go see it look it up on youtube jeff i would recommend actually experiencing <laughs> it yourself it's a really fun fight it's a really cool gotcha. fight um it's wild man it's, it is this is such a great game again developed by one guy there's just so much here there's so much personality so much style and the game is just tight this game just plays it just feels good to play so i um i I really dug the uh i'm sorry to cut you off i I really dug the way that it it kind of flowed and moved you know i didn't have to worry about um dashing right or or sprinting or anything like that you you moved at at a pretty solid pace your uh you know the role i felt like was was fine like the mobility options they gave you were strong and um yeah, I mean, just all all things considered, it it is really one of those total package type games, and I'm uh, I'm happy that I got a chance to play it, and I would recommend it to anybody. I first started seeing videos of this at like PAX, you know, like a couple like uh, years a couple years ago. Like one of the like one of the YouTubers that I watch who plays a lot of indie games and platformers, like uh, like I think he like put like a short video on uh, on YouTube, like oh I played this game Katana Zero, it's wild, like in like 2017. You know what I mean? Like, like a year, like two years before this game actually came out, and I was like, as soon as I saw like a snippet of it, I'm like, this is a game that I need to play. And I'm, you know, I've I've been singing its praises to our group chat every once in a while. You know, like just some sometimes, some, unfortunately, not everyone listens to me, even though I have the best opinions in our group chat. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and you know, I'm glad that you know we started this little project here so that I can force somebody to play it and understand, you know, why I. I look at all these indie games and I, I like I, I try to get as many people to just try it. Like the, you know, these these are games that not everyone's gonna have on their radar, you know? And uh listen, I you know again, I appreciate you guys listening and hearing this and hopefully you guys give this game a shot too. I would I would really appreciate if you just see and experience this game any of the games we mentioned for yourselves and make your own opinion that way. And yeah, like, again I'm glad that, I'm glad that at least I got one person in our group to actually try it, even though it was forced for an episode. It's fine. I, I, I got someone to play it. That's blessing for on my end. <laughs> yeah, and and anybody listening should play it, especially if they like hyper violence and cool music and samurai swords and uh, and then existential crisis at the same time. Yeah, and existential crises and uh, all that. <laughs> you should play it. Yeah, great game. Love this game. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for playing it. Uh, good. I'm glad to hear you had a good time with this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I sure did. I can't wait to uh, give it one more shot here. Yeah, again, if uh, get, get get the playthrough, play that boss, enjoy it. Cool. Okay, so I guess that's it. Unless you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Nope, I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, thank you, listener, for tuning in for this episode on Katana Zero, and hope you see you guys in the next episode. Later, Gators. Okay, well, goddammit. it. <laughs> I was like, I was like ready to start talking, like because I heard like the one, like, like the one that sparkles at the end of it, like, a, yep. and then like I'll, uh, as soon as I took a breath, start talking again. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? You got quiet. Nope. Okay. Well, there it goes again. Uh. Well. Leave it all in.